There's no greater love for mine than a man who lay down his life for a friend. He's on the dead. 
Father God, we thank you for how great is your love towards us. You hung your head and were stretched wide and high to die for our sins. We thank you, Lord, for your greatest love towards us being expressed in your passion for us. Thank you for waking us up this morning, allowing us to worship you. Uh, in this way, in this place. Father, we ask you to speak to our hearts and continue to enlighten us as we adore you and we honor you and we glorify you. Lord, prepare our hearts and our minds to receive a word from you. Guide us, direct us, transform us, heal us, renew us. Father, Lord, we ask you right now just to move as only you can, that we might see Jesus. And that we have your word hidden in our heart that we might not sin against you. This and so much more, Lord, we ask. Amen. Again, good morning. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Zion as we come to worship and bless our God this morning. Hope you are enjoying where you are worshiping with us. You can also continue to like, post, and share online uh, how God is moving in our lives today. If you open up your Bible with me to Luke again, it'll be in the 14th uh, chapter, and we'll be looking at verses 25 to 33, looking at Jesus continue with his journey on to Jerusalem to go to Calvary to pay the price uh, for you and me. As we look into this text today, we're also going to address Christ, not only his journey to Jerusalem, but now how he's going to even use this as a message of teaching and illustrating to them how they must follow him and be his uh, disciples. And so as we look at this text, I want to talk about how we too, like Christ, got to carry the cross and we have to know the cost, what it means to be a disciple. Discipleship cost is not something that we can just easily get into. We have to truly put work Behind this effort, Jesus shows us on his journey to Jerusalem that work must be done. 
He is showing us that in this journey, he's enduring hardship, he's enduring persecution, he's enduring people not trusting him and oppression, and he also knows upcoming there's going to be a betrayal. But through it all, he has made up his mind that he is going to endure the cost what going to come before him in order that he can die on the cross for our sins. Oh, thank you, Lord for being such a great example of endurance, perseverance, and faithfulness and obedience unto God. Thinking about how it costs, uh, you know the saying, right, it costs to be the boss. Well, I want to encourage us to carry your cross. you got to know the cost. Uh, the cost of success involves sacrifice. Uh, there's a saying also, too, about an exercise about no pain, no gain. One of the best boxers in the world, we often known as the GOAT, the greatest of all time, as he quoted about himself, Muhammad Ali, is quoted of saying, I don't count my sit-ups, I only start counting when it starts hurting. When I feel pain, that's when I start counting, because that's when it really counts. It's understanding the method of working out to be the greatest boxer of all time, that he had to endure pain and suffering to build up the muscles and build up the strength, to build up the endurance in order for him to outlast and defeat whoever was he was facing in the ring. The same thing if you might be running in a marathon, you have to build up that stamina and intimidation of breaking through that moment of pain and thrissle. Marathon riders are, are, are quoted of saying that when running that 26th mile, it's that 25th mile that they got to push through when they know they're at the end to not give up as their body starts shutting down, their arms start feeling heavy, that they keep on pushing past that moment because that's how they've been training to continue to push past that method, a moment of of hurt and pain and realize that I can make it through the sense of that discipline of daily running and daily exercising and breaking through that moment of pain is discipline that you can remind yourself of the hundred times I have done this, that every time I got to this point and I felt this pain, I, I felt this hurt, I'm able to push past this. And, and then I see my success, right? When they finish the race, when Muhammad Ali can hear that last bell, he's as this moment of success. Do you understand that Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem to reach his success? He is going to endure pain and hardship like none other have ever seen and done before. And he is going on his way still dealing with doubt, disbelief. Those who discredit him and those who do not trust him, but yet he's still going to go knowing what's ahead of him because he's all about his father's business and to show us how we too got to carry our cross and know the cost. Remember last Sunday we were talking about Jesus was sitting at the at the table to eat with a leader. And so now after he's eating on the Sabbath day and he healed the man suffering from dropsy, the text picks us up in Luke now that he's continuing on his journey. Join with me, Luke 14, verse 25. And the word of God says that a large crowd was following Jesus. He turned around and said to them, if you want to be my disciple, you must hate everyone else by comparison. Your father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even your own life. Otherwise, you cannot be my disciple. And if you do not carry your own cross and 
follow me. You cannot be my disciple. But down, but don't begin until you count the cost. For who would begin constructing of a building without first calculating the cost to see if there is enough money to finish it? Otherwise, you might complete only the foundation before running out of money, and then everyone would laugh at you. Though they would say, there's the person who started that building and couldn't afford to finish it. Or what king would would go to war against another king without first sitting down with his counselors to discuss whether his army of 10,000 could defeat the 20,000 soldiers marching against him? And if he can't, he will send a delegation to discuss terms of peace while the enemy is still far away. So you cannot become my disciple without giving up everything you own. Praise God for his word. Christ is giving us this teaching and this lesson of what it costs to be his disciple. He is pointing out here that as the large crowd is following him on his way to Jerusalem, that they too must realize that if you want to be my disciples, you want to follow me, then you too must be willing to do what I am going to do. I am going to carry the cross. I'm going to carry the symbol of capital punishment. I'm going to carry the burden of the Roman government and take it to my own place of my own crucifixion. He's pointing out that if you want to follow me, you too must be willing to subject yourself to authority and power. But Christ's authority and power he's asking us to subject to subject ourselves to is not to the Roman Empire, but to the heavenly kingdom of God. And then he's pointing out that if we're going to carry our cross to our death, that we must be dead to this world so we can be alive in his kingdom to live in the spirit, not in the flesh. He's pointing out that if you want to follow me, you must pick up and carry your own cross and follow me. There's a challenge here that we must love him enough that we're willing to die for him. That's why he points out that if you want to be my disciple, you must, by comparison, hate Everyone else, your father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even your own life. Otherwise, you cannot be my disciple. And if you do not carry your own cross and follow me, you cannot be my disciple. The disciples love is to basically have Jesus over everything. We must love him more than we love anything so putting Jesus first is truly to say, Lord, your will be done over my will, over my desires, over anything and everything I'm going to put in place. I got to move it out of the way so I can honestly submit and surrender to the power and the presence of God in our lives. To love Jesus is to serve him. To serve him is to follow his teachings and being his disciple. And when we know how much he loves us, it should compel us to go out and tell others how great is his love. To know that he died on the cross while we were yet still sinners. A God that loves us even when we are rebellious, disobedient. We are not doing according to his will. We have not been faithful. We have not been honest. We know we have skeletons in our crosses, but yet our God is still saying, I will come 
to you. I'm knocking on the door, looking to have a relationship with you, letting you know I can clean you up. It's power of the blood of Jesus. Glory be to God. That no matter what we're going through, our God is saying, if you will confess and turn away from your wickedness, you'll know healing, you'll know peace, you'll know grace, you'll know mercy. So we understand the following Christ is a, is a liberation that comes to us, but disciples must choose to follow. It's a choice you have to make. Who are you going to serve? Are you going to serve him or are you going to serve yourself? Here they are following Jesus, maybe because of popularity, maybe because of notoriety, maybe because they're just curious of what's going on. But Jesus is pointing out that I'm not looking for just to be popular. I'm not looking for just to have a large crowd, but I'm looking for those to be my disciples that will do what I ask them to do. That will be willing to live for me as are they willing to die for me. I'm looking for those who are willing to truly sacrifice and live and walk out this Christian walk. We are not Christians by name only, but Christian by our name because of our actions. I wish someone could help me understand why we say we are Christians, but our actions don't line up to the words. May we make Christian not just a noun, but a verb. May we show what Christians look like by living like Christ, living a life of submission and surrender so that when someone says you are a Christian, they can say, because I've seen what you have done. I've seen God move in you. I've seen love moving. I understood grace from walking with you. I understand forgiveness from being with you. When we are following after Christ, we are showing characteristics of him. We're allowing the spirit move through us and guide us so others will see us. It's a commitment. It means that I might lose some friends. I might lose some associates because they're not with me on this path of righteousness, but we're going to keep on seeking the kingdom of God. We got to carry our cross and we got to Understand I'm submitting to the authority and the power of God. The symbol, symbolism here is that when, a pen, when the Romans were punishing somebody for a penalty, the carrying the cross was a, a symbol of pointing that you are under subjection of Roman rule. This is something special here because Romans did not are not killed this way because that's not for citizens. They die with more dignity. But if you have committed treason, you have gone against the Roman government, then you will die this most horrific punishment under the cross. So I want you to grab here that this was a statement of when they killed somebody on the cross, that you will not cross us, you will not defy us, you will submit and surrender to us. Matter of fact, you're going to carry your own punishment, your own death table to the place of your death. But Christ is flipping it now to showing that we will embrace the cross and, and we will embrace the loss of this life and an acceptance of our life to come in Christ in eternity through the power of him dying on the cross, defeating death, and rising up, up again. So therefore, our carrying of the cross and following him is a sign of our submission, our obedience to his will. And so Jesus teaches, are you willing to pay this price? Are you willing to count the cost of following me? That's why he tells these two parables, one of the one building the building, one of the king willing to go out into warfare. One, the building the building, basically saying that who of you will start doing something where you don't have the means to finish it? Basically, it's a rhetorical question with the expectation of the answer to be in the negative, right? Who wants to start something they're not going to be able to finish? He's pointing out that if you are really considering to follow after me, you got to be willing to say goodbye to what's behind you. 
If you want to follow me, you can say, wait up, let me first take care of this, and then I'm going to come. We know the saying, tomorrow might be too late. There's people out there who are trying to get to change their lives, to commit their lives to Christ, but yet they keep on telling us that, no, wait, I got too much fun going on. I can't let go of this life, and I don't want to get it right right now because I'm enjoying it how it is. Is. But we understand that when trouble comes and pain comes, people start crying out to God, say, Lord, I need thee every hour. I need it. But the point is that we need them every day, every hour. So don't just wait and break in case of an emergency, but call on him now while he can be found. Surrender your life to him now and be changed in the power and the glory of God. And so here it is that we don't want to wait till it's too late, but let us defend. Let us submit right now and start doing the work right now and endure the pain and the hardship is going to come. But we'll be stronger, we'll be better, we'll be brighter because the power of the Holy Spirit will teach us all things to understand what it means to love our neighbor, what it means to turn the other cheek, what it means to be faithful husband, a faithful wife, what it means for a child to honor their mother and their father. Well, we can instill the power and the purpose of God's word. In people's lives, it's amazing how we start feeling the presence of the kingdom in our home, in our workplace, in our car. That we're walking around with power because of not of the power we have, but because of the power that's around us. Because our God is all around. Hallelujah. The, the, the earth declares of his glory. The sun displays his glory. So maybe walk in obedience, understanding. Let me count the cost of, of surrendering my life to him, realizing what does a man profit if he gain the whole world, but lose it his soul. That's why we got to think about the second parable, about the king. The king's got to think about, if I try to save my life and fight against this king that's coming against me, I might lose because I have 10,000, they have 20,000. That's a two to one odd. It doesn't look good that my army will be able to defeat this army that outnumbers me. So maybe I need to send out a delegation and work out a moment of truth. I want to help somebody out today. Basically, it's basically you can't box with God. You're going to lose. You got to surrender to him and say, Lord, I, I give it all to you. Because what sense is it for you to hold on to all that stuff? We see it now that people are buried with treasures. They're digging it up now. Somebody else got your treasures. It's amazing how we think we can hide stuff. Some people will find it. I, I know I've hidden toys. I've hidden other things. And I've lost them. But I thought I could find them. But somebody's got them in their pocket. You leave something alone that, that you forgot about, that you thought you was well hidden. Let somebody else find it. You can find out it's not yours anymore. We're trying to hold on to stuff that we really don't want, but we just don't want to let go. But we need to let go and let God have his way. The king has to think, or will he surrender? You too have to think. Will you surrender? The king has to think, what do I have to gain in this offer? We too must think, what do we have to gain in Christ's offer of submission and surrender? Luke 9, 23, verse 25. Jesus teaching on the same principle of discipleship. He says, then he said to the crowd, if any of you wants to be my father, you must give up your own way. Take up your cross daily and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world, but are, but are yourself lost or destroyed? You must give it all to Jesus and surrender our life 
to him. So you cannot, verse 33, 14 chapter, Luke 14, back there. So you cannot become my disciple without giving up everything you own. Jesus gave up everything to come to die on the cross for us. He surrendered his priestly, godly life to clothe himself in humanity, born of a carpenter and the Virgin Mary, to die on the cross for our sins. He could have walked around like royalty. He could have walked around with all power and authority, but he walked around in humility and submission, even to submission to death on the cross. Jesus is going to Jerusalem to die on the cross for our sins. He is setting the example for us how we ought to live and give our life to him. We will not know death because of him, but we will know eternal life. But we'll know death to this flesh, death to this world, but we'll know life in the spirit, life in his presence, life in his love. Jesus willingly gave up his life. We, too, must choose to willingly give up this life on earth so that we might know life in the kingdom of heaven and that we will walk as we wait for him to call us home in obedience as disciples of Christ. We must surrender our life to the kingdom. No longer living for ourselves, but living for him. Carry the cross. Know the cost. Be his disciple. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for great is thy faithfulness, great is thy love towards us. Father, we ask you to continue to move in our hearts and our minds as we count the cost of carrying our cross, being your disciples. Father, forgive us the times of our selfishness, the times that we truly have not laid everything aside. But thank you, Lord, for your word reminds us how you are merciful, you are gracious, you are forgiven. And so, Father, we want to surrender to you right now. We want to let go of those things that have been weighing us and holding us down. And we want the power of your blood to cleanse us, renew us, and to redeem us. We thank you, Lord, that nothing is greater than you. Your love is greater. Your power is awesome. And so, Father, we just surrender to you right now, those struggles that we're having. We thank you, God, that you have given us victory through our Lord and Savior. And so we are more than conquerors because of your power. So, Father, we surrender to you right now. And then, Lord, we ask you to help us to be ambassadors and disciples to go teach others of who you are and how, too, they can be set free and walk in fellowship with you. And that they, too, will know how to carry their cross and follow after you. We ask, Lord, we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us. May God continue to keep you and bless you until we meet again. And so we'll continue to remember Jesus loves you. And so do I. You can continue to uh, subscribe to our, your Facebook, YouTube, and Zion's website, www.zionbcpoa.com, where also you can uh, download our app and stay connected and able to give through there. Thank you. God bless you until we meet again. Jesus loves you, and so do I.